Well, welcome to everybody that's uh, joining with us today. We're coming here to you from Church Unlimited in West Auckland, but so thrilled that you would uh, tune in and trust that you'll be really ministered to and blessed by the message we have to share today. It is a great honor always to deliver God's Word, and so be blessed this, this day as you watch this program. We saw last week as we embrace getting out of our comfort zone, the result will be growth. And life is all about growing. You want plants to grow. You want trees to bear fruit. You want your kids to grow. Uh, everything is about you want to grow in, 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 in life yourself, become more mature, all those things. And, and so as we get out of our comfort zone, we will grow in God. We will become uh, more fruitful. Uh, more mature, our character will develop as we um, get outside our comfort zone. And just remember that all growth occurs outside the comfort zone. That's where you have to get. And uh, do something every day that stretches you. That's what I want to encourage you. Something every day that stretches you. Make that phone call. Uh, Visit that person. Uh, I did a couple of visits on Saturday, actually, of family, and that was great to do that. And, um, you know, attend a prayer meeting. Forgive somebody that you need to forgive or put a relationship right. Invite someone to church. Sit two rows further forward. Become an intern. Volunteer some time in the church office. Getting out of your comfort zone, I think, is a new track that God is giving us to move our lives and to move our church forward. So let's go to Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to read about the apostle Peter in a great moment in his life, a moment, in a sense, God wants us all to enjoy. It's Matthew 14, verse 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Imagine Jesus coming to them on the sea. It must have been quite a moment in their lives. <clears throat> When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. What possessed Peter to say that? Like, I mean... I mean, something must have stirred in his heart, but there's not many people that, you know, you see Jesus walk in the water and say, Jesus, command me to come. Wow. Maybe some of us need to ask Jesus to command us to come and step out and step into something fresh and something new. And he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sing, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So Peter got out of the boat. He got out of his comfort zone. As a result of that, he walked on water. He refused to be a boat potato. And we have entered a season in God that I believe where God is inviting each one of us to step outside of our comfort zone as a result of that to actually walk on water. In other words, experience things in God that we never thought we would. Experience the supernatural at a level that we've not done before. Have success and fruitfulness that, well, we've only dreamed of in our lives, but it requires getting out of our boat. Now, I'm not talking about doing crazy things and taking unreasonable risks and, and um, you know, ruining our lives and families and finances and then blaming me for telling you to get out of the boat. No, Peter heard the voice of God. Peter, you know, God said to him, get out of your, you know, come. 
And so we're going to do something significant out of our comfort zone. It's good to hear the voice of God first and also to get some really good and wise counsel. Imagine how Peter felt walking on water. Imagine the, the water under his feet. I, I mean, I've tried to imagine it myself. Have any of you tried walking on water, by the way? One, two, three. Yeah, there's a few. Obviously, they're still alive anyway. So, but, but imagine how, how it would have felt for Peter. I reckon he would never be the same person again. You couldn't be. I think he could never, you know, because forever locked in his memory was experiencing the supernatural power of God. He could never stay in the boat in his comfort zone ever again because he had discovered what is possible outside of the comfort zone. Once you've discovered it, boy, there is no stopping you moving forward. Now, I am sure that he would have raised this incident many times in conversations from that year on. Somehow he'd be discussing five years later, he would have somehow maneuvered the conversation about how the day he walked on water. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, I certainly would. And uh, imagine Peter's kids. I'm not sure he had some. I imagine he did. Imagine his kids, you know, Peter's are saying, well, my dad, you know, he wrote a book. Well, my dad, he flew a plane. And Peter's son gets out, yeah, my dad walked on water. <laughs> Beat that. Why don't you do something in your life that your kids will say, my dad, my mom, they did this or they did that, that they are immensely proud of. If you're going to have that in your life, you need to get out of the boat, out of the comfort zone. So getting out of the boat was Peter's gift to Jesus. Can you imagine how Jesus felt when Peter obeyed? It must have thrilled his heart. But then the experience of walking on water was Jesus' gift to Peter. Jesus got a gift waiting for you. A supernatural gift, an amazing gift of seeing things in your life that will astound you. But you've got to first give your gift to Jesus. And that gift is getting out of the boat. You can't run a bigger, faster train on old tracks. If the church, if your life is going to have more impact, if my life is going to have more impact, and I know God has called me to infinitely greater impact than I'm having now. But I know that if I'm going to enjoy that, I've got to find new tracks. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal what those new tracks are in our lives. And that may well mean getting out of the comfort zone. But getting out of the comfort zone raises a very important issue today that I want to look at. It raises the whole area of failure and mistakes. So, as we said last time, what if I fail? But, oh, darling, what if you fly? Some of you are going to fly. Some of you are already flying. And we're going to hear great testimonies of that. But imagine now, so you step out of your comfort zone and then you fail. Now what are you going to do? You've failed. It seems like a, a disaster. Are you going to quit? Going to never try again? Live the rest of your life in regret? Here's a new track. Listen carefully. Here's a new track. It's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. Because in God, that is not the end of the story. 
Because anyone who has ever succeeded has failed many times, as you will see today, and has made many mistakes in their lifetime. This is not a license to sin. It's not a license to compromise. But what I'm saying is God has made ample room for mistakes, for your mistakes. And you can recover from every mistake and every failure you have ever committed in your life. Psalm 37, 23 and 4, the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, (laughs) he knew you were going to fall. He actually knew it. You may be shocked, but God's not. Though he fall, yet he will not be cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. See, God's still holding on to you. doesn't matter where you are, where you're at, and what's going on in your life. Proverbs 24, 16 puts it this way. The righteous man or woman may fail or may fall seven times and rise again. Now, seven is the number of perfection. So what that means is you may fail seven times or 70 times seven or 700 times seven, or you may fail thousands of times, but that's not the end. You still get up. Again, you fall seven times and rise again, rise again. Why don't you just say it, rise again? Yeah, speak it to yourself, speak it to wherever you want it, rise again. So here's the deal. How did you learn to ride a bike? Well, you fell off it many times, is that right? You grazed your knee, you injured your head, you went into someone's car, <laughs> you know, you knock someone over on the footpath, what did, you, fell, you know, you, you fell many times, you failed so many times riding that bike, but what did you do? You got up again, and you had another go until you could finally ride. How did some of you learn to drive a car? I don't want to know. But some of you, you know, you went into the curb and you wrecked those tires. Some of you, you know, grazed a lamppost or you grazed another car. Or some of you actually crashed your car. You did. So what did you do? You, you kept on crashing more cars. No, no. You kept on practicing. You kept on. You, got, you failed. You made a mistake. But you got up and you kept going again, right? That's how you do it. You know, Billy Graham says, you know, Christianity is like riding a bike. If you fall off, uh, you're sorry, if you stop moving forward, you fall off you got to keep moving forward. And how did you learn to walk, by the way? You know, so you got up. I mean, myself, I got up, walked. I just walked straight away. I was kind of quite supernatural. But for most of you, most of you, you got up, and you fell flat on your face, you know? And your parents, like God, they said, you stupid kid, whack, whack. No, you don't do that anymore, okay? No, they didn't do that, did they? They said, oh, you know, they said, oh, how wonderful. Look at Johnny. He took three steps. He's fantastic. Johnny falls. He gets up again. He falls in. How many times did you fall learning to walk? You know, some of you thousands of times. But did you stop? No, that's life. That's training. You see, every time you fell was a step to being successful in walking. Every time you fail is a step to success. And that's really what I'm wanting to share with you today. And I can preach this message. Oh my, I can preach this one. Do you know why? I have made so many mistakes. And you all thought I was perfect. Talk to my wife. 
I've made so many mistakes. I have failed so many times, but I'm still moving forward. And that's the key. This has been my experience. Let me share it with you. I fail. I made a mistake. And then I'm sort of waiting for the hand of God. And God just keeps blessing me. And, and sometimes he'll even anoint me more. So I've gone back to God and said, God, what's, what's the deal here? I don't understand this. I make a mistake and you bless me more. And it's not like I heard the voice of God, but it's almost like God says back to me, Tuck, <laughs> look, mate, I knew you were going to mess up. I knew you were going to make mistakes. I, I made room for that in my calling upon your life. And by the way, I love you so much, I just can't stop blessing you. Some say this. It's good to make some mistakes early on. Make plenty of them early on so you don't have to make and maintain an image of never failing or never making mistakes. So most of you are probably qualified already. <laughs> so you've got to get rid of this image. Oh, I can't fail. I can't make a mistake. Boy, if you make no mistakes, you'll never do anything because it is truly the pathway to being successful. It feels okay to fail. It feels okay to make a mistake. You don't think, oh, horrors, horrors. So here's the key to move your life forward. Wherever you're at today, to move it forward is just take one step, one small step out of your comfort zone, whatever that might be. Just take a step. And that's going to move you forward in a fresh and a new direction because one small step of action is worth a hundred or a thousand sermons. You know, some people heard so many sermons. They've been in church since the day they were born. You know, but sometimes we just do nothing with what we hear. Why don't you change that? Get out of your comfort zone and do one small step, whatever it might be. Become an intern, become a volunteer. I don't know, whatever you feel the Lord speaking to, to you about. See, when it came for the time for the children of Israel, do you remember the story? They had, to go, they had to go across the River Jordan. And God said, yeah, look, I'll, I'll, cross, I'll cross the, I'm going to open it up for you. I'm going to make a way for you. But you have to do something first. You have to take the first step. Read Joshua 3.13. As soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand as a heap. So the waters did part, but not until they put their feet in the water. Now, you imagine you're leading a whole nation into a raging torrent. <laughs> and all you've got is a promise that if you put your feet in, the waters are going to part. But nothing happened, and nothing would happen until they put their feet in the water. They had to take the first step. And that's where it took some courage to get their feet wet. If you're going to walk on water, folks, you have to get your feet wet. When you take the risk of using your talents to serve God, it may not go well, it may mistake, but you enjoy you, the, the, you know, the reality of God working through you, but you have to first get your feet wet. When you take the risk of giving generously, of tithing, you discover that God is faithful to look after you and that he actually blesses your finances more, but you have to take the first step. 
Some people's attitude is, no, no, God, you bless my finances. You know, show me that you know, you're going to look after me and all the rest of it. Then I'll start giving to you. God said, no, no, I make the rules here. It goes the other way. You have to get out of your comfort zone first. See, we can know and we can read and we can hear all about God's power. You know, you can read it in the Bible. You can read biographies on it. You can hear stories of other people telling you about the power of God. Nothing is impossible with the Lord. But that in itself, friends, does not mean you're going to experience it. And some of us know so much about God's power. We've read so much about it. We've heard so much about it. You know, we, we've, we, it's, it's in our minds inside out, but we're not going to experience it until we get out of our comfort zone. We take a step and position ourselves so we can experience the power of God and the supernatural in our lives. And you know, you're never too old to get out of the boat. It doesn't, I don't know, you know, old. Age is probably in the mind, but whether you're 55, 75, 85, 95, you're never too old because a lot of people are going to hit a home run on the final laps. And some of the greatest achievers of all time did so in their latter years of their lives. So this message is for everybody here today. You see, you don't stop, uh, you don't stop dreaming because you get old. You, <laughs> you don't stop dreaming, you get old. You, you get old because you stop dreaming. You don't stop getting out of the boat because you get old. You get old because you stop getting out of the boat. Never lose a sense of adventure. Never lose a sense of trying something fresh and something new in your life. How much faith do you need to get out of the boat? Some of you are thinking, man, I, don't, I just don't have that kind of faith. Well, you actually don't need a lot of faith. You don't have to feel overly confident. You don't have to feel certain before you take a step, you just have to have enough faith to take one step. That's all. Don't try and look at the whole scenario, how it's all going to play out. No, no, just all you need is faith to take one step. You might be thinking, being an intern, what's it going to be like? And you try and work it all out, you know. As we said last week, paralysis by analysis. <laughs> try and work everything out. You end up doing nothing. You just got to take that step, have a go, and see what happens. Coming to New Zealand beyond, whatever it might be. What about the young person who asks for a date and the person says no? It's a bit upsetting, isn't it? I think we all experienced that, didn't we? Did we all experience that? Anyone else experience that? Or was I the only one? I'm the only one. I'm humiliated. I thought that was everyone's experience. It was just only me. More than once, actually, by the way. Anyway. But some people might ask 15 times, you know, date, and it always gets no, 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 no. What are you going to do? Yeah, you just ask again. <laughs> you just cross that person off of that list and write next to it, not good enough. <laughs> next one, not good enough. Because God's got someone better in mind for you. You just got to keep getting out of that boat. And for some of you, you've never got out of that boat, and it's time to get out and ask someone. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Failure is success in progress. It's a pathway to achievement. Remember, failure does not mean you're a failure. It just means you've not succeeded yet. Just, you, there's, there's no failure sitting here. There's not one failure. God doesn't make failures. You just haven't succeeded yet. But it's going to happen. If you get out of the boat, you will succeed. You never fail until you stop trying. That's failure. I quit. 
I give up. I'm not going to try again. That's failure. Peter and Judas, I think, are a great example of the striking contrast in handling failure and the extraordinary consequences that came as a result. This is amazing. See, both were chosen by Jesus to be among the select elect disciples. Both of them spent three years with Jesus. They both heard the spell-binding messages and truths that Jesus displayed with authority and power that just amazed everybody. They saw never-before-seen never miracles. Jesus walking on water, you know, blind seeing, lame walking, all they saw, all of these incredible things. They both went through times of hope, fear, and disillusionment. But as the pressure increased, both of them proved fallible and denied Jesus. Both of them. Peter said in Matthew 26, 72, I don't know the man. He denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver that led him to the cross. Has anyone in this place or on television failed to that level of denying God or Jesus three times publicly or betraying Jesus so he goes to the cross? I don't think so. I think all of our mistakes and failures are on a lower level than that. Two massive failures by two great apostles. Judas, watch the two different responses. Judas was apparently remorseful, but unrepentant. Ended up, he took his own life. As a result, he went down as the greatest traitor in history. Wow. It needn't needn't happen. It need not have ended that way. In contrast, Peter, though humiliated, denied the Lord three times. I mean, how humiliating is that? Yet, he received Jesus' message of grace and forgiveness. The once three-time denier of Jesus, would you believe, became one of the great apostles of all time. He led a revival and became a pillar in the church. One of the greatest failures of all time became one of the greatest, most impacting Christians of all time. It doesn't matter how much you have failed. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you have made. See, we're talking now about the grace, the forgiveness, and the restoring power of God. His mercy is limitless. His uh, his forgiveness is unending. This is amazing grace. One of the mistakes I think we make is we categorize sins. And we say big sin, maybe like, you know, murder or I don't know, something way out there. We think, oh, that's a bad sin. And then we have that bit of negative talking in our lives and think, oh, well, that's just minor. To be honest with you, I think in God's eyes, there's actually not a lot of difference between the two. I'll tell you why. Because murder required Jesus to go to the cross for forgiveness. But your lying or your negative talk, which is also sin, also required Jesus to go to the cross for your salvation. It leads to spiritual pride. And holier than thou. The longer you're a Christian, the more sinful you know you are. That's because the revelation just keeps growing. And the less you're going to judge other people for what they do. 
because you know your own heart is desperately wicked. Let's put an end to judging others and let the love of God and his forgiveness flow. Sometimes we try and work out, well, what about this and what, what shouldn't be this and shouldn't that? Why don't you leave that to God? Don't you think he's able to sort all that stuff out? Let's just love on people, whoever they are, whatever they are. Let's just love them and appreciate them. Now, I'm not giving license to sin and compromise. I think you understand me better than that. So how about you? Have you made mistakes? Big ones. Have you failed many times? What are you going to do from that place? Are you going to be like Judith? Drift away in despair, depression, discouragement, and just give up on the incredible future that God has for you? Please don't do that. And I feel that. Don't do that. Don't give up on the great future. God's got for you. I don't care what you have done. God's not written you off, and he will never give up on you. What are you going to do? Be like Judas or be like Peter. Receive the grace and forgiveness of God. Try again and go on to fulfill God's plan for your life, which is to do exploits for him and to be amazingly successful as a follower of Jesus Christ. That is still available to every person under the sound of my voice. See, you will experience failures and mistakes, but if you keep moving forward, there will be resurrections. Isn't that the message of the Bible? Isn't it all about death and resurrection? See, it doesn't matter what death you face, what defeat you face, what despair, what failure you face. With God, there is the power of the resurrection to lift you up and to move you forward again. That's the message of Scripture. That's the message of the Bible. It's not over when God is still around. It's never over. There's always a future. No matter how far you fall or how great your mistake, God can work a resurrection. You say, can you give me a few more examples from Scripture? I will. Abraham lied more than once. You might say, well, that's not very big. Okay. Moses killed people. <laughs> it's pretty bad, isn't it? But isn't Moses the man who spoke to God face to face? Is he the guy who killed? Yeah, same guy. What? Now, this is the gospel. Forgiveness, restoration, future, hope, destiny, purpose, regardless of background. You think, well, can you give me one worse than that? Well, yeah, I'll give you one worse than that. What about David? Adultery, <laughs> then murder, <laughs> and then lying. I mean, it's all in one package. But isn't that Israel's greatest crank? Yeah. Isn't he the man after God's own heart? Yeah. Same guy? Yeah. Go figure. Yeah, just read the Bible. It's all in there. The God of forgiveness, the God of grace, the God of love, the God of future. And then there's Rahab the prostitute. <laughs> I mean, it's not a good start to life, is it? She ends up in the genealogy of Jesus. Can I just add something else here, folks? Please 
never give up on anyone. Just don't give up on them. You may not understand them. They may break your heart. You may think there's no way, there's no possibility. Just don't give up. Why? Because God never gave up on you. And he never gave up on me. He'll never give up. Your life is more about your future than your past. God is more powerful than your history, and you have a great future. Here's a quote for you. I haven't failed. I just found 10,000 ways that don't work. Thomas Edison, the man who discovered the light bulb. Now, whether it was 10,000, you read, look it up on Google, and you'll find some say 2,000, some say this number, that number. So 10,000, I don't know whether it was 10,000, but I think the point is clear he just saw each attempt as something that doesn't work, which was going to ultimately lead to his success. In the movie Chariots of Fire, the English runner Harold Abrams runs against the Scottish champion Eric Liddell, and he loses for the first time in his life. He is devastated. And the pain of failure is so great, he decides he, he's not going to erase ever again. His girlfriend, Sybil, argues, saying, that's ridiculous, Harold. And Harold says, I lost. She says to him, well, if you can't take a beating, perhaps it's for the best. Harold replies, I don't run to take beatings, I run to win. And then he shouts, I can't win. If I can't win, I won't run. Sybil, I'm sure, pauses and shouts back. I hope she shouts back. I didn't see the movie, but this is what she said. If you don't run, you can't win. If you don't run, you cannot win. If you don't take a step, you cannot move forward. If you don't get out of the boat, you cannot walk on water and experience something that is beyond the natural. We are called to a supernatural walk with God. It means get out of the boat and experience God's power operating in your life. To run and win, that's great. To run and lose, that's painful but it's not failure. It's painful, but it's not failure. Failure is refusing to run at all. Now, when you make a mistake, when you fall, you may have to dig deep into God. You may have to find God in a way you've never discovered him before. Then thank God for your mistake, because that's the greatest growth of all, is getting closer to the Lord. So whatever you're facing now, let it get you nearer to God. Let it draw you into his presence. And you look at that mistake and you say, thank God for that mistake. Thank God for that failure, because now I know God better. I know him more. Romans 8, 28, we know all things work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. God will work failure for our good. That's his plan. Whatever it is, he can work it for your good and for your future. It's time for us to step out of our comfort zones and into all that God has for us. You know, the kingdom of God needs you. Did you know that? It actually needs you, it needs your gifts, it needs your ability, it needs what you bring to the table. The church needs you, the church of Jesus Christ needs you. You are so important, so vital to what God's plan for our, 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 our community, our city, our nation. Because you have so much to offer. But to really fulfill that may mean getting out of the, the boat. For many people, the pain of failure leads to a fear of failure and they get stuck in the fear cycle. I've failed too often. I cannot try again. And maybe you're like that today. You just think, no, pastor, I've heard your message, but look, I've failed so many times. I'm stuck. I cannot get out of this. I'm not even sure I want to get out of this. Well, I've just got a suggestion to make. 
If you've been inactive for a long time, getting started is hard to do. But if you would take one step, one small step, start moving, you'll find the momentum comes quickly in behind you to help you. And you'll step into a whole new world. But to get out of the boat, you have to get your feet wet. But it is time to walk on water. Here's another quote for you. Failures, failure and mistakes are part of the process of success. I like that. That really helps me a lot. It's part of the process. People who avoid failure also avoid success. People who avoid failure also avoid success. Person who never made a mistake never tried anything. They reckon champion achievers, they've interviewed them, they said one of the things they discovered about them is none of them saw their experiences as a negative thing. They never saw them as uh, their failures as mistakes. Or what they saw of them, they saw all those things as learning experiences, opportunities for growth, and tuition paid. They learned from their mistakes. So make sure you fail forward. Turn your mistakes into a stepping stone for success. So here's what you do with failure, four points. Recognize it, admit it, learn from it, forget it. Recognize it, don't deny it, admit it. Okay, I failed, I made a mistake. Learn from it, then put it behind you, put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, and just move on for there. Because your life has got more to it than is evident right now. God's put more in you than your life shows. And to be the amazing person that God's called you to be, to see the seeds of greatness bear maximum fruit that God has purposed for your life will probably require getting out of your comfort zone and taking a step forward. I trust that you'll make that decision before you leave today, before this program is over, make a decision to take one step forward. A new track for all of us moving forward is it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. And when someone around you makes a mistake, don't jump on them. When someone around you fails, don't jump on them. Encourage them. Help them to step up and to move forward again. Help them to learn from it, but encourage them. God is bigger than your mistakes and failures. And God has a great future for each and every one of you. You are called by God and you are destined to walk on water, to see the supernatural of God in your life. It will take courage, but the results will be well worth it.